0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's Friday, Fantasy NBA Today Live Edition. Why do I sound so excited? It's the triumphant return from beyond the grave. Brew, are you alive? Are you okay? Technically
1: I am alive. I don't know though. <laughs> Technically. I it could just be a fever dream. A simulation. And if you will. We're all a simulation a, anyway, right? A really crappy version of the Matrix.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. This feels like about the same version of the Matrix, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, head down, just cranking away. Yep. You're
0: plugged Slaves in to the machines. Someone's siphoning your life force as we speak. It's a good Not life like force. This not like this. not like this that's right my wife loves that line from the matrix I, not like i this. love
1: i'm so glad it it g- gained internet fame after so many years because when i saw that i was like that's special that's, that's right
0: that's a special line <laughs> don't know why <laughs> not it's like special. this donk dunzel uh so here's what what everybody misses listening to the recorded pod uh and not the live youtube show at the front end of every episode we answer the first five questions in the youtube chat right out of the gates, and uh, so here we go. We're just going to dive in. First five, uh, which I know in California is a preschool initiative, but here on um, Fantasy NBA Today Live, it's less. need a
1: soundboard for that joke, Dan.
0: I know. First five, California. Uh, Sorry for all the players. Your apology accepted, Chris. I need to close my Discord tab because it's blooping and bleeping all over this thing, but do you have any information on... Mark Williams, Jalen Williams, and Porter Jr., which there are three of in the NBA. (laughs) I'm assuming Kevin is the one in question here, because Michael played through a cold, Otto's been out for the season, and Kevin is questionable. Uh, Mark Williams sprained his thumb yesterday. Jalen Williams is also dealing with hand stuff. I think that's a wrist sprain. I personally, brew, don't have any information on them. I think I'm just like the rest of folks, kind of crossing my fingers and hoping for the best. But do you feel like either of these players, any of these three, again, assuming that's Kevin as the last one, are leaning in either direction for their next ball game?
1: Yeah, this is a classic tea leave reading, I think. Um, good news is I have been watching a fair amount of the Houston Rockets, um, unfortunately. Yeah, God help you. I know man, it's really bad, um, sorry, Houston, you know, I love you, I think, um, but like Porter jr he tweaked what we thought you know watching it was his foot, um uh, probably about three games ago, four games ago, and so not not surprised at all that that he's gonna possibly hit the shelf here, and then what does that look like for them as they are deep in the race for Wembinyana um I think they they really, they kind of surprised me in Houston with how much resistance they've had to going full Shingoon over there. And it does feel like they're gonna push uh, Porter to come, not push. That's the wrong word, but be open if he comes back and says, "Hey, I want to play. I think they'd be open whereas, um, you know the the race for Wembenyana – and, you know, the ability to, to, to really give the ball to Shingoon and say, hey, what can we do here? Um, but they've pushed back on that and they've, they've had him out of games um, for defensive reasons. And that's been, um, you know, just an interesting side note. So Porter, I think he's not dead in the water where I would previously, you know, minus that stuff going on. I would think he was dead in the water uh, for this year. And then Mark Williams, I think they want him to play. Um, there's a decent amount of time here, you know, two games this upcoming week. They could rest him, you know, bring him back. There was going to be a phenomena that maybe we hit on throughout this, this show of, um, you know, the tank race. You have three teams at the bottom of it vying, you know, within a win. And then you have this big, vast gap of, of teams that are competing for play in spots, you know, and maybe a team or two here or there um in between so those odds at six seven eight nine they're great odds you know for, for to get the number one pick you know now that's now that's been leveled out a bit so I think you're gonna see teams like Charlotte possibly reel it in uh OKC for their part has been winning games you know they're still in it and I don't think they're gonna take their foot off the gas I agree they've got but- you know it, I, I, maybe they could fall into the pattern of, all right, well, let's go for the sixth seed, you know, for the Wembiniana sweepstakes, which also this, if I don't I'm not a draft guy. It feels like there's some decent talent in this draft. Um, Scoot is obviously at that level, you know, so that's two players to tank for at minimum. But it does, you know, just watching some of the college guys talk, it does feel like there's some pop in there. Don't take my word for it. You know, go out there and look. But uh, Jalen Williams, I think that they're
0: going to bring him back and let him play and
1: see what he can do at the point.
0: Do you think Mark Williams as a follow-up could get back for, I think they have a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. He tried to play through the thumb thing in the second quarter yesterday. And then they, then they held him out in the second half. Does that make you feel like it got worse? Or if it was just like, all right, he's not, it's not quite ready. We could play him in two days. Or you're thinking more like a week and a half.
1: Yeah. You know, it, that's it's a really strange sort of circumstance there. Um, that all says we want imaging on it. And the the thing with a thumb injury is if it was worth imaging, I am a little um, concerned that they might think there's some sort of tendon damage in there. And if there is tendon damage, it probably is the end of the season for him. I would think um, no need to push him through that, you know, three week recovery time. If it's a low grade you know, sprain or, or or low grade tear. I don't think they want to push him through that. Um, you know, they do have Nick Richards, the the talk of the town. Yeah, right he's a pickup, to, uh, right? Yeah, to get in there and and uh he's definitely a pickup. We could talk about him. I don't know if there's another question about him that we could segue into, but um they got that backup there. And it's it's probably interesting enough for them to take a look and see what they have, given the 25 plus
0: minutes everybody's talking about. You're going to like the next question, by the way. It's not about Nick Richards, but it is about someone you enjoy. Ah, it's two people I enjoy. That's right. Andre, who's one of our favorites here at Sports Ethos. And Andre says, how good is McHale? Let's go. Triple exclamation point, smiley face. McHale Bridges, first rounder. uh, Well, you can kind of wipe out yesterday's game because that was a that was a game where they and I. F- I feel you, Mikhail Bridges, because he was legitimately only in that game yesterday to keep his Iron Man streak alive. Which is how I feel about a bunch of things I'm doing right now. Nightly quick hits, never, ever, ever missing an episode of the podcast. And it's sometimes it's like you know what I think I'm just on here to keep my Iron Man streak alive. But if you pull that out, do it, man. first all, like, well, I'm you know deathbed here. <laughs> I'm okay. I don't know how you do
1: it. Especially you you started nibbling on it in in some of your quick hits is like with the algorithm the way that it is. That's so bad to to put that quality content out there and then just look and see like I don't know what the numbers are, you know, but it's not great, you know, for anybody. It's I'm watching like woge tweets, you know, and and like clicking them a day later and the numbers so low in relation to his 5 million followers. And I'm just laughing. Yeah. Like nobody's seeing anything anymore. It's
0: it's really weird. I don't, I don't fully understand, but you got to just sort of keep cranking away here. Um, But the answer to your question, Andre, which I know is sort of a rhetorical one is very bridges is a first rounder with Brooklyn since the trade. Um, So let me, let me change this question a little bit. I'm going to tweak it a little for you, brew, because we know you love Mikhail bridges. We all do here at sports ethos. He's an ethos darling. He's a B 150 darling. All of that is true. So I know your answer to the how-good-is-he question. Let me ask you this instead. How good can he be next year? And are you even now thinking about where he might end up in drafts next year?
1: I, I hope that we get another year of this, because we've been winning on this one forever. And um, the question: uh, how good he can be, he's a pure shooter. So let's everybody keep that in mind. Like, pure shooters, they can get really good really fast um the questions is handles he's got a great feel for the the kind of the straight line game he's got a great feel for the pull-up game the question will be kind of can he get off the dribble when there's two defenders shaded his way that's the next step for him um he was given that opportunity in phoenix and he was really good in that role and it's been about at least a quarter of the season where he's been at a first round level. So it's actually ticking back into that time with Phoenix where Devin Booker was out and he was the guy for the longest time there. Um, So I think we've seen enough to know that he can be the guy and with his efficiency. And I guess my only concern with him taking on workload is the erosion of defensive stats. But I don't think that that's going to be an overall net negative for him. So he's gonna be great. and um, I mean, he gets no respect. Like six weeks ago, I was getting questions from people about who who to take in a trade, he or Shingun during the hot hot streak, you know, and think about the value swaps that were occurring back then, you know, and and so he just has been under the radar, and it's been um, great for us, and i'm I'm really excited about the location in Brooklyn. And when they talk about that Durant deal, you know, a lot of people like will will say, you know, that that um is just a good player. And no, he's like a top five potential player. And he's currently if I just had to throw a random number on, he's like a top 15 guy,
0: given the defense. Yeah, so, the defense is is amazing. His uh, shooting form is super weird, but damn it, it's working. Uh, hold Trey Jones or stream his spot. Spurs to be in full tank mode. And frankly, we can extend this to the Spurs at large, who for head-to-head leaguers, they've basically been abandoning ship this week because they had four days off. They played a night, Friday night and Sunday, so now their schedule does sort of pivot back in a slightly better direction. Uh, Spurs have two games, three days the rest of this week. They have four games next week, so they have uh, six games over the next 10 days, so that's pretty good uh, for San Antonio. But it does seem like, Brew, they're resting anyone on that team that you could deem a regular in at least half of every back-to-back and sometimes even more than that. Uh, I feel like the answer to this question is kind of different, Roto versus head-to-head, but where you stand with the tanking Spurs and their uh, better assets, which would be like Vassell, Zach Collins, Trey Jones, players of that ilk.
1: Yeah, you you really got to just watch that schedule and and you got to watch the news on a daily basis. And then I think you just got to work with valuations like Trey Jones in an entire season, 29 minutes per game. You know, he's a top 100 borderline guy. So if everybody else is gone and he's the guy that's remaining, you know, maybe he can be a top 75 guy in that game. Um, You know, if everybody's back, you know, maybe he drops actually a little bit and for for good measure, you should downgrade all these guys, as you were alluding to, Dan, because you just don't know if, if they're going to just do 20 minutes
0: a game for everybody. Right. Yeah, that's the worst kind of tank. <laughs> that one's It that really is. Brutal, because they use a game. If you're a games cap guy, they use a game against it. If they didn't, you're like sitting on them going, all right, here we go. Well, and then they don't play in the second half.
1: And, and when they brought in Devontae Graham, I really think that they said, we are going to give this guy 20 minutes a game no matter what. And you're also going to get 14 shots or whatever he's averaging. You know, it's there's that alone takes a little chunk out of Trey Jones. So I I think um, I'm pretty down on it. But if, if, if at least he's got a live wire. So look at the schedule. You know, if the other guys are out, he could have a big game. So
0: you can't ignore these guys. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus. Not available in all locations. Before we get to question four, I want to remind everybody to please do like and subscribe here on YouTube. There are far more of you watching than there are thumbs ups clicked on the show. And even more so because I think like 10 or 11 of those were before we even started. So please do hit that thumbs up. If you're enjoying what we've been doing here on YouTube lately, subscribe to the page. If you're listening on the recorded side, it's YouTube.com slash Sports We're really leaning into this thing hard because, look, there's just folks out there on YouTube that uh, need to be exposed to us. I use the word exposed and I immediately feel dirty, but you guys knew what I meant. Question four for the big dog. Who would you grab for the weekend back-to-back if you're hunting steals and field goal percent? Uh, Najee Marshall, Quentin Grimes, or uh, Dang, that's in uh, Thunder. Oh, boy. Yee. <laughs> deep. I'm guessing this is deeper than 12 teams. <laughs> I mean,
1: you help me with the schedule here. Uh, I believe they're
0: all Saturday, Sunday back-to-backs here. So okay, all three of these guys are going twice Saturday, Sunday. I mean, the one that jumps off to me is Grimes, you, you know you safest. got a starters role yeah that's where I'd lean also you, you yeah and and then I mean because you're kind of Marshall. playing for minutes one thing that you've taught me over the years when we did the weekly lineup show together was that you're oftentimes just kind of grading out minutes in a question like this who do you think is going to get 45 50 50 plus minutes over a two-game stretch and it does kind of feel like only one guy on that list you can say yeah that guy's gonna get Forty-five to fifty minutes or more. You might get lightning in a bottle with the other ones, but it's typically better to just go with the guy who's going to be out there longer, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and Grimes is probably due uh, a little bit of a shooting regression as well, but yeah, no,
0: Grimes it is. Fifth, Grimey fifth and final pre-show question. We can call it that because then I got a couple for you, Brew. That's where I get to. Deci- I get to decide what comes after that. Would you drop Mark Williams for Zach Collins for this upcoming week? My answer is yes, because Mark only has two games and he's hurt right now. But I'm curious if you agree. Yeah,
1: I think, I mean, you know your your format, JC. Um, question asker better than we do. Could you survive <laughs> a, a week off, you know, with Mark Williams and and keep what is, you know, a nice... Nice, nice piece of upside there. Um, Collins has been really good, though. Um, that said, I, I'm always waiting for the floor to be ripped out underneath Zach Collins. But yeah, this upcoming week, you got to do it. Ten teamers. I'm, I'm wondering if you can do a little bit better on your wire right now. But uh, yeah, no, drop Mark Williams.
0: Get Zach Collins. Uh, I want to ask you. So I'm, I'm taking control now. And uh, chat rumors. Don't be discouraged um, I'm going to bug Brew here for about the next 15 minutes, and then he's got to go. Then we're going to pivot into a schedule analysis, and then we're going to do the rest of the questions in the chat room. So there's a lot left to do today. If you have questions, if you're watching, please make sure to throw them in the YouTube chat. But Brew, I wanted to ask you something that's maybe not strictly fantasy related, but it's um, there is an opportunity maybe to win some money on it or just more of like an analysis of the the psyche of basketball fans. And I, I threw a tweet out about it last night, and I'm fairly certain you agree, because I think I saw you tweeted something not that dissimilar, and that is the the slight right now against the Sacramento Kings. And mm. um You know, I, I get it. Like people are gonna be they're gonna say, oh, this team hasn't been to the playoffs in 17 years or whatever it is, but um with as good as they've been in fourth quarters, why are the Kings still getting so much big game hate when it feels like they win every close game they're in this year. Yeah. Somebody who's watched every Sacramento Kings game
1: for the last, I don't know, 12, 13 years. um, It's been a phenomenal change in, in how things get done. Um, They are, as you're describing, it's like, they've made like a handful of mistakes this year. There. In fact, if you told me two things going into the playoffs I could handle all betting angles and probably run the table. And it is, number one, will the playoffs, the playoff refereeing allow for clutching and grabbing? And is this fourth quarter defensive rating that you're seeing out of the Kings indicative of what we might see in the playoffs where they can clutch and they can grab and it can muck it up and you cannot expose Sabonis. That's number one. Because teams that have exposed Sabonis have just done so the way that we all expect. Or I, I shouldn't say we. Cause a lot of people didn't even expect that. But like it's been a given that you can just get three-point shots. <clears throat> pardon me. After you know the team collapses, whatever happens, you can just score at will, which is why the Kings are ranked around 25th in that rating on, on defense for the year. So that's number one. Number two, if you told me, will the opposing team in the playoffs be either smart or focused enough to run, pick and roll at him every single time until he fouls out? You tell me those two things. If I know the answers to those things, I can give you the answer to who's going to win what game. They are so good on offense. The shooting surrounding De'Aaron Fox is superb. The playmaking, um, you know, Malik Monk is so underrated. He's he's just stepped it up to such a high level. He on a team that didn't have so many superstars or, or storylines, he he would be making uh storylines himself. Herter, just so good in that role. Um, even some of the guys down, down sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth in the in the roster. Um, and they also have specialists like you saw last night, um <clears throat> uh Jalen Brunson getting shut down by Davion Mitchell. So if there's a point guard you know think like a drew holiday you know I, I don't know that he can handle drew at this point in time in his career but like they got a guy who you could put in the game who is an elite defender so i got these these things going for them that are really wild and then you get to fox and you know and i got a lot to say about fox in another venue um you know because there's a lot there fox went to the weight room last year and got 15 pounds heavier and it was the precise wrong thing to do. And he even looked like he was struggling with his weight for a little bit. And then they make the trade and he starts getting back to old Fox. You could see maybe he was five to 10 pounds overweight by the end of last year, things were humming and he came back into this year, not just with the weight down, but with a high level jump shot. And it was the thing we always questioned with him. What if this guy got a jump shot and he has it now. So he has uh, a killer jump shot. He can shoot the three. He can dribble with anybody in the league. And he's even trying on defense, which was the other thing he wasn't doing in previous years. And that was not just on film, but it was on film every game five to ten times per game. And you could just watch the guy get and toasted, and he's not doing that this year. So he's leading the way that you need to lead. Mike Brown is coaching the way you need to coach. Sabonis is Sabonis doing what Sabonis does, which is phenomenal on the offensive side, phenomenal on the glass. So they got this team that um, the gal who was tweeting, uh, I think her name's Trista Crick or something. I I haven't really followed her much, but um, she's very good at what she does. She was listing reasons why she's betting on the Kings. And I had the day before in our Sports Ethos offices, was telling some of the guys, I was like, I'm betting on the Kings. I'm betting on them for the championship. I'm betting on them for the Western Conference. And I'm not sure they're going to hit those bets, but I can hedge those bets when we get there because they are better than every team out there other than Denver. And I can even start to pick Denver apart if I want to in terms of how good this Sacramento Kings team is because offensively, you cannot keep up with them defensively you have to be disciplined and I haven't seen teams in the league do that. So they haven't made any, I know this is a long little rant here, but they haven't made any mistakes this year. Um, teams have not pressed them the way that they'll press them in the playoffs. That's my big question mark with them, but it might be a distinction without a difference. And when you can get plus 4,000 or plus 10,000, and I don't know what the numbers are today because they just got their high profile win over a very terrible Knicks team that does not know
0: how to play <laughs> basketball. Well, once they lost Brunson, the Knicks went back to last year, Knicks. Not not great.
1: It, it's terrible watching that team. Like, it goes Brunson, smart, and then they're like, oh, no, no, we got to give the ball to Julius and, and just, you know, God knows what's going to happen next. Nothing great.
0: At least Josh Hart was fun yesterday. You know what? Yeah, Stay yeah. bad, Knicks. Stay bad for one more game. That's all I ask. Gee, I wonder who they're playing next. I could don't be, know. Could, well, could and, and I guess that
1: was the point about that whole thing Is is like, look at the the wake of disaster two more games maybe everywhere in the west like yeah it's crazy Phoenix, phoenix kevin durant injured during warm-ups i mean like you can't they're
0: they're they're the big threat obviously yeah if um, kd can get back and they did say around three weeks so that would be with a little bit of time left in the regular season but
1: but, but the rest of that 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 i mean you just go down the standings and it's like clippers they look like they're there's they're rotting from the inside yeah Paul George looks like he can't play you know it's just like down the list there are just issues even though Paul George pops off for 45 whenever he feels like it but it's like he doesn't look like he can defend Sacramento looked like the better team vastly you know against those guys yeah Memphis Memphis
0: has their stuff Steven Adams out for the rest of the regular season Jaws doing his thing LeBron is out for LA Dallas is without Luca, but I don't know. I trust them. Excited to pick with up Luka. Kyrie. Yeah, <laughs> what could go? What could go wrong? Yeah, there's there are problems everywhere, and it's funny you look and at then, the West and like sometimes you you look at the board and you're like, oh well, the eight or nine seed looks better than the three or something like that. <laughs> what? What's happening I mean, right Memphis now? Memphis
1: is you know lost Stephen Adams for the year. Yeah, like. that's a big one. That's a big one.
0: Um, oh, I got another question for you here because I know we we don't have that much time left, and this is one that. Uh, people love to talk about this, and I, you and I never do because it's not really strictly fantasy-related, but I, I haven't been able to get you in a while, Brew, because you've been sick, you've had the RSI stuff. What do you think about the MVP race right now? It's, it's, it's the talk of the town. Our, uh, I, I don't want to go down the, the Kendrick Perkins rabbit hole. Let's go the different direction on that one. Is it Jokic again? Because he's very much the betting favorite everywhere right now. Uh, could anyone challenge him this year? I mean, it like Giannis has a case because his team has the best record in the NBA, but I don't know. It's still Jokic for me, but giving it to the same guy three years in a row, does that creep in? Where do you stand on MVP stuff? I'm a purist in the sense that I want the best player who's having
1: the best season to get it. Like in that order, that's my criteria. Who's the player you fear the most? And then how's that season looking as a tiebreaker? It's it's um, it's Jokic. Like he's that one stat, like games shooting under five hundred. Yeah, two. Is, it's like crazy. Two. It's crazy. Yeah. I, especially with how much responsibility he has. Yeah. And and it's there's players who take like ten shots who can do that. You know, like this is this is just crazy. Um, you know he he continues to advance in all areas of the game. So it's it, I get tired of the talk about this damn award where, you know, we've got to like do mental jumping jacks to get to the end of the, who's the best player conversation right now. It's Jokic. Um, Giannis is turning it over too much, you know, just kind of a
0: little too sporadic for me. I, I like what he's doing, but you know,
1: it's Jokic for me.
0: Yeah. I think it probably is also. Let me see if I can find a question from the chat room that'll tickle you. Here's one uh why is Okangwu fading right now? is it the is it the coaching change because he was rolling prior to the coaching change? Yeah, I
1: think that's what it is and uh it's there's like a pecking order in basketball where when the order gets upset in this case coaching and then you know the stars having to reestablish themselves, Trey young especially then the whoever the fifth, sixth, seventh guy is, they're the last ones to get back to the table and eat. And, uh, eventually he'll be back to doing good stuff, but yeah, no, it's a little feast or famine with him right now, but, um, at least we've seen good stuff from him this year. You know, he, he's done what he needed to do
0: for us. Who has a weirder looking jumper, Mikhail Bridges or Tyrese Halliburton? <laughs> Man, that's a good one. I, I think, uh, I think it's Mikael or Kevin Martin. Here's your throwback. Oh boy. I mean, with Halley,
1: like I was actually imitating that one in the office the other day. So real, it's like any of us could do the
0: Hallie. I don't they, know about Mikhail. They both kind of shoot like way out in front, like out, yeah, leaning like, in there. halley has got a like a push shot, yeah, like a traditional push shot. Does anyone beat Sean Marion though? All of these weird shots. Sean Marion's always my winner. The, yeah, I don't think anybody. The beats. flip, the flip.
1: That's a. I want to think on that one his is is good i feel like there's somebody this isn't the winner but like Kyrie irving shoots a screwball
0: yeah that is that's the the Jokim noah free throw rotation there was the player i was looking for right there noah noah his little his slider
1: <laughs> and then if we get to free throws that's always
0: great oh yeah free throws is a a whole other animal, because Mason Plumley right now for me with the switching hands and then the hitch and the whole how thing. About,
1: how about old school
0: Minute bowl? Oh, i you going way the hell back. How many of our how many of our watchers were alive when Minute bowl was playing? Uh, would you drop Mark Williams for Nick Richards right now? I probably would if you're not in like a keeper league or something.
1: Yeah, I mean if you're in a playoff format, I don't see why not.
0: We got a vote way, for a vote for Sean Marion. By the way, coming from the chat room.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I'm surprised we haven't talked head to head playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we're running out of time here. That feels like a longer discussion. Um, do you have a a two to three minute playoffs rant that you want to get in here before I know you got to get rolling? Yeah. No. I I think like.
1: I mean, if you're if you're down to play a season and have it go down to like luck of the injury draw, I guess that's like football. You know, football is very like that. I guess we're more conditioned in football to be accepting of that. Um, it's a violent game, and and that kind of stuff happens. Um, but I just think basketball is such a slog. You know, um, there's so many more games, so much more thought goes into it, and and I'm just a little. There's a industry discussion in this question that I think is probably interesting for a future show where I'm just kind of curious where the industry thinks it's heading with this stuff, you know, like it's not cool to have your head to head season determined on all of this stuff. Like it's, it's just, to me, I feel like a lot of people are turned off by it and what does I that sure mean am. for the industry? I,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I it. would be... I hate it. I mean, it's just to me, it's just so silly that... I get it. Injuries matter, and they impact a team in real life or in fantasy. But whether an injury happens in December versus March, to me, shouldn't be that big of a deal. And then someone on Twitter was like, well, you know, if you have a couple of IL slots, you should be okay if your team has depth. But here's the thing. If it's an ankle tweak, that dude's not getting the IL tag before their next ball game. You're going to have to sit on that dude for a week while they're a game-time call every day for a week before you can move them into an IL slot. So either you just take zeros or you drop good players on your club. And this happens... I mean, I, I'm looking at a league where my playoffs actually start next week and I have to fight to get in. Uh, and I just lost Mark Williams. Darius Garland is now questionable with his... Th- like, I've had... Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich finally got the IL tag by the middle of the week. Jordan Clarkson has been out for two games, or he was missed three, then he played, then he was out for two more. So, like, he had the IL tag for a night. I Like, there's no place for me to put these guys. And I could drop them all, but that's all four of my weekly moves, basically. That, to me, is dumb. If that happened in December, I would just be like, okay, well, I'm going to lose this week five to four. I don't have to abandon my entire team. It shouldn't end your season uh, if three guys on your club turn an ankle and miss two games on the same week. I've heard this, and again, I know you gotta go here. I, I I hear these these other solutions of like, could you reward the first place team going into the playoffs? I like that, because that actually, to me, discourages uh, punt builds a little bit, because punt builds typically don't get first or second seed, because they're winning 5-4 every single week, or 6-3. The teams that can win 8-1, to 7-2, to two, those are the ones that usually get all the way to the top, so... There's a combo here. You're right. I think the industry is moving in a little bit of a different direction. But at the same time, every almost everyone you talk to on Twitter is like, I still want to be able to beat my friend on X week, you know, week eight or something like that. I still want to get that that one like laugher trash talking win. So we have to figure out a way to get around that. And I can actually see that Bruce Mike is muted, so that means there's probably something going on for him uh and it also i think means that brew needs to go i'm hoping we can get his mic back on before he's got to go final thoughts brew i'll I'll say goodbye to everybody
1: (laughs) i got i got a little a little buddy that that broke into the studio
0: sky
1: i don't know know if he'll get here fast enough to say hi Mm. but move uh, quick little man move quick i don't know hey sky you want to say hi to the world yeah, come over here, kiddo. There we
0: go. Let's do this thing.
1: Yeah. All right. I've had Asher on my saying, shows five hundred times. Say,
0: Hello, everybody.
1: Hello, everybody. <laughs> yes. Yes. And today
0: was a good day. Yeah. Are uh, you me. Uh, oh, that's really. amazing.
1: That doing me the <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is great. Brew and Sky. Well, I guess you're both brews, aren't you?
1: Two brews, two
0: brews. Yeah, two those, those brews. Dose brews. We'll uh right. we'll see you next we'll, week, uh, big dog.
1: Yes, we will. Good to see you guys.
0: That was the big dog. We'll get him back next week. Uh welcome, by the way. I don't know that I even welcomed everybody to the show. This, of course, is fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I knew we only had like 35 minutes with him, so I wanted to get rolling as fast as humanly possible. Um, I am Dan Bespris. He was Aaron Bruski. You can follow us on Twitter at Dan Vespris or at Aaron Bruschi. Sportsethos.com is the website. Ethos Fantasy BK is the Sports Ethos Twitter feed. We are, of course, rolling live on YouTube as well as the bulk of all podcast channels. And thank you once again to everyone for listening all week long, especially over on the live side. And our YouTube show has been growing like a weed. It's it's. Uh, unbelievably flattering and very cool to know that over the last, like, two weeks or so, I think we've had our three, February 28th is the third biggest YouTube mid, just regular, like, non-event show, March 2nd, so eight days ago, is our biggest, just regular old show on YouTube, and then yesterday was actually number two. So, you know, some of it I'm sure is search engine optimization. I need to get better at that type of stuff. But thank you to everybody that has adjusted their schedule so that you guys can join us for all of these shows over here on the live side. If you're listening on the recorded side, come join us. YouTube.com slash SportsEthos is the website. And make sure to go check out our baseball draft guide available at SportsEthos.com right now by clicking on the Premium tab and choosing Get premium and why would you get premium? Well, because not only does the Fantasy Pass have the baseball draft guide which will take you through the start of the baseball season, the Fantasy Pass also contains, to no one's surprise, I hope, our basketball package, which is rolling right now including premium access to our basketball Discord and baseball Discord where you can hang out with our pros at Sports Ethos, ask them questions, get that one-on-one service all day every day. Including also with the Fantasy Pass, you get our projections, you get our up-to-date pickups of the night article, all the other good stuff that comes with it. That, in addition to the Baseball Draft Guide, can be acquired at the link that I am posting in the YouTube chat, or again, uh, by going to sportsethos.com and clicking on the Get Premium button under Premium. All right, so here's what's left today. I still want to do a little schedule stream, then we're going to pivot back into the chat room. We're going to finish up with the questions that I was not able to hit uh, with Brewski, so here is the schedule streaming board for those watching live. There we go. I can make my face a little bit bigger. There we go. Uh, and here's what we're looking at right now. So the schedule, you guys watching can see, starts on March the 10th. And I'm now looking beyond uh, just the weekend and even beyond Monday through to the end of next week. All right, so here's what we are looking for right now. First of all, today is a brutally awful day to use up any roster moves. I want to say that out the at out the outset here. Um, we talked a bunch on yesterday's show about getting yourself basically down to one move left for the weekend. Today's not the day I would be using it because terrible things can still happen today to your team. There are plenty of ball games. There's six. not a big Friday. It's kind of a smallish by most accounts, but it's a medium day overall. Uh. Pretty big Saturday. That's kind of the big card the rest of the way. But the reason you want to hold on to your moves right now is that, yes, a lot of teams go two times the rest of this week um, in whatever configuration, today, tomorrow, today, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, etc. Because there are a lot of opportunities to get two games left, and frankly, not that many teams that only have one. I feel like it's maybe split. Two-thirds have two games left, and like one-third only has one game left. The teams that only have one game left, typically it's not just Sunday. In fact, I don't know that there's any team with one game left this week where the only one is on Sunday. Yeah, none. Uh, You have Toronto that plays today and then doesn't go over the weekend, so that's a team where you would use your move, very obviously, tomorrow to get off any fringy Raptors, which unfortunately right now is someone like a Gary Harris, or Gary Trent, And you can turn that goose egg Saturday-Sunday into two games. But outside of Toronto and Minnesota, they go tonight and then they're off the rest of the week where you can use your roster move on Saturday. If you have someone on your team that only has one game left this week that's not on one of those two teams, so uh, Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, Golden State, Houston, uh, Indiana, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, there are plenty of them. There are others. I don't need to go through all of them here on the podcast. Just look it up. Those teams that all play on Saturday allow you to use your last roster move this week on Sunday. But let's just very quickly, since we don't have a podcast over the weekend, we're not going to be doing a show tomorrow or Sunday. I want to try to set this up as don't use your move today unless you're replacing an injured guy, in which case just pick up somebody that has two games the rest of this weekend. Or if you want to look a little bit farther down the line, you can do that. Uh, The teams that have... uh, Three games in four nights, so if you wanted to go through to Monday, uh, are Atlanta and Miami, which, I mean, those are teams we've been talking about all week long anyway. Um, So you probably have some of those dudes on your team, and you can just kind of leave them there. If you wanted to go a little bit farther and go four games in six nights, Cleveland, the Lakers, still Miami, and the San Antonio Spurs have four games in six nights, so that's something you could do today if someone on your team got hurt. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. If there's no one on your team hurt today, play today out. Tomorrow, if you have someone on Minnesota or Toronto that's not inside the top 80 pretty much and your league does continue on beyond this. I mean, if you have someone on Minnesota or Toronto and your league is over the, at the end of this week, then obviously you can drop anyone on those teams including, you know, the best damn players that are in fantasy sports, doesn't matter. But we're talking about leagues that continue beyond So, fringy players in Minnesota would be like a slow-mo is fringy if you had been streaming someone like a Nas Reed at any point. Pretty much anyone on the Wolves, Conley's in there, besides Anthony Edwards, and probably besides Rudy Gobert, you could move on from, because they don't have any games over the weekend. They play one game over the next four days, and their schedule actually does get a little bit better towards the middle end of next week, uh, but... You know, Leading up to that point, you can get so many more games, it kind of doesn't matter. Minnesota and Toronto, if you have fringy players on those two teams, tomorrow, use a move to get a Pelican, a New York Knick, an Oklahoma City Thunder, a Charlotte Hornet, although I know it seems insane because they have a two-game week next week, but their first game is on a Tuesday. These are the teams that go back-to-back over the weekend, and give you the option to stretch it into Tuesday. It's actually all of them. Every team, interestingly, every team that goes back-to-back Saturday-Sunday plays again on Tuesday. So you have these really nice options if you have a player on your team that doesn't have a game on Saturday or Sunday. So the beauty of that is, if you're like, well, oh well, Minnesota has a game on Monday, yes, that's true, you'd be able to start your week a little bit better, but Either way, over four days, starting tomorrow, by picking up the teams I talked about, Charlotte, New Orleans, New York, Oklahoma City, over four games, over four days, I should say, you get a two-game roster bump. Not just on the back-to-back. You could stretch it into four days. You get the two-game roster bump. Beyond that, you're likely moving on for any team in that list besides Oklahoma City, because over six days, they have four games starting tomorrow, where Minnesota has two, uh, and Toronto also has... uh, Toronto's even worse, so they're not even in the the discussion. Minnesota has two games by Wednesday of next week, by Thursday of next week. Oklahoma City also has two games by Thursday of next week. And then you'll have to abandon ship after six days. But there are options starting tomorrow that you could stretch into a six-day long stream. That's Saturday. If you have a player, if you still haven't used your last roster move of the week and Sunday comes around, it's use it or lose it mode. At that point, you're likely taking someone on your team that does not play on Sunday and also has probably not a great start to their schedule next week. And you're replacing them with someone that not only does play on Sunday, but has a good schedule through hopefully the entirety of next week. Or you could just go with the sort of more medium length one, and the teams that fall into that category are the Cleveland Cavaliers, because they go four games in six days starting on Sunday. The Denver Nuggets have five games over eight days starting on Sunday, which isn't great, but it's also not terrible. The Lakers are actually both of those things. They have uh, three games in four nights starting on Sunday, four and six, and five and eight starting on Sunday. Um, Is that it? No, San Antonio also has a really good schedule. They also go 3-4, and 4-6, four, four and six, and 5-8 and eight starting on Sunday. So, again, if you have a roster move on Sunday, those are the teams you'd want to pivot into. What are the teams you'd want to pivot away from starting on Sunday? Uh, the Clippers, they're in just a god-awful scheduling stretch right now where they played Memphis on the 5th. That was last Sunday. And then they have two total games over nine days since then with one of them coming tomorrow. They had they had two days off after that game on Sunday, two days off after the game this week on Wednesday, three days off after the game tomorrow against the Knicks. They play the Warriors, and then they have two games off again after that. So the Clippers barely play at all over this stretch. Three games over the span of 12 days for the Clips. That's a team you'd want to be moving on from, although you probably have already done it. Chicago, another team that's in the midst of a really, really bad scheduling stretch after Saturday, but also before that this week. So again, that's another team who probably had already moved on from. Atlanta, interestingly, they do have a game on Monday, so you could hold them through to that. But after Monday, they have three days off, so that's a situation you could potentially move on from on Sunday as well. Uh, and then again, looking at other teams that, you know, Orlando after Saturday, they have two days off, although they do have a slightly better schedule on next week, starting on Tuesday. Toronto, we've talked about a bunch as a team you should have moved on uh, from on Saturday. And then the Jazz, they do play on Monday, but that's part of a two-game week, so they actually have four days off uh, after that game on Monday as well. So if you wanted to get out from the Jazz this week, save a move that you were going to have to use on Tuesday next week, that's the other spot where you could kind of drop that into the bucket. Phew! That is a uh, weekend-long-streaming lightning round for the ages. Uh, hopefully that was of uh, some use to you guys as we continue to roll through this broadcast. If my live viewers, if you guys have any questions about the long-stream stuff over the weekend, um, please make sure to throw that into the chat. And we are going to now pivot into the questions uh, coming from the chat room. And you know And I'm going to leave that, actually, in the recorded show today just so people can kind of get a taste of what's uh uh how this stuff works scrolling up to the top of the chat i will make sure to read things in full because i know this is going out on the recorded side as well let's see i had to skip over a few with brew at the beginning um all right can we trust quinton grimes to get threes on the back to back coming up i'd be dropping slow-mo after tonight i am very close in threes um I mean, I guess it sort of depends on how many threes you're looking for in that back-to-back. Uh, the Thunder might be a direction that I would look for the uh, the weekend back-to-back as opposed to Quinton Grimes. I know that from a minute standpoint, he is uh, probably the most likely to play minutes, but if there's someone like, say... Oh, I don't know, like an Isaiah Joe that's floating around on the waiver wire. He would be a really good weekend three-pointer stream. He's probably rostered if you didn't put his name out there. Grimes averages about two three-pointers a game, but a lot of that came as a full-time starter. I would expect him to fall more in the one and a half. Um, So if you're streaming him for the weekend back-to-back, I would assume uh, you get two to three threes out of Quinton Grimes, and anything, anything above that would be gravy. Uh, They play the Clippers and the Lakers Saturday, Sunday. Lakers actually have been playing really good defense lately. So um, I think I would bank on three threes and then go from there. I have one move left this week. I need mostly rebounds and blocks. Would you drop Mark Williams to get Nick Richards before someone scoops him or wait and use the last ad on Sunday to gain a game? Well, here's the thing. If Mark Williams isn't playing, you can actually gain two games by making that move. And that's what we talked about. The only time... You're using a roster move today is if you're replacing someone who's injured. Uh, Charlotte has the weekend back-to-back, so I guess that would even be tomorrow. I would wait until tomorrow, find out if Mark Williams is playing, and then make your adjustment from there. That's got to be the way. Uh, next one on the board here is, sorry, I'm scrolling through to make sure I don't redo questions that we put up earlier. Does Troy Brown get negatively impacted from D'Angelo Russell returning Lakers need Brown's defense? Um, I'm going to say no, uh, but at the same time, he's on a heater. So you kind of have to weigh this all out together. Troy Brown's been really hot from three point land. He probably loses playing time if he cools off from three. And then you'd see more Malik Beasley if he gets hot. So I don't think it's D'Lo specifically. I think a lot of it is Troy Brown plays defense and he's been hitting shots lately. So he kind of has to be in there. But if one of those two things leaves, then the Lakers have to make the calculation of do we need the defense more? Do we need the offense more? And that'll be a game-to-game thing. Should I add slow-mo, DiVincenzo, Josh Kogi, a back-to-back to begin the week? Monk four games by Saturday or Jabari Smith for week 21. Um well, uh it's probably Okogie with Kevin Durant out for a bit. You could have Okogie for actually the first 4 days of next week cuz he goes 3 days and 4 nights to start week 21 before their the Phoenix's schedule lightens back up again. Uh, with Golden State, I think we could see Andrew Wiggins resurface at some point. Uh, they have a better schedule towards the middle and late part of next week. And uh, Minnesota, the same schedule as Golden State next week. So uh, they're a little bit better later on. With a Kogi, you get a better an extra game uh, by Thursday of next week. And then you could pivot in the direction of other clubs after that. Not a question. Just pouring one out for all of the KD owners out there. Yeah, I mean... I'm really hurt right now because if Kevin Durant would have not... I mean, I, I in 30 deep, which is a huge pride thing. It's 30 analysts and, like, long-time legendary ones. The longest tenured analysts in fantasy sports in this league. And I very much believe that I would have won this league if Kevin Durant came back healthy. I'm winning this week without Kevin Durant. My team is just an absolute juggernaut and... Um, I don't know how I get past it's going to be a dogfight for me to win this week which is the uh because it's 30 teams uh 12 make the playoffs and the first four have been eliminated so we're in final eight which is the the conference semis the conference finals next week uh I I don't know how I get past that without Kevin Durant if I had him I think I'd win the league and and Ah, crushing. Thoughts on Brandon Ingram's injury. Why is this not working? Is my internet glitching out right now is the question? The answer is probably. Come on, internet. Come on back to me. There we go. None of my clicks are working right now. I don't know why that's happening. No news is coming out. Could he be back next week? I mean, he could be back this week, given we don't have any news. I believe he's questionable for the moment. Um... So uh, let's hope it's just not that terrible. And the Pelicans badly, badly need to win ball games. So they're going to push him here more than they would have in the middle of the year. Nine Cat Roto Games cap. Should I drop Mark Williams to pick up Herb Jones? Looking for rebounds and free throw percent. Um, I'm going to say yes, because I think Mark Williams does miss a tiny bit of time. Um, and Herb's been good for a while. I guess if, if Ingram is healthy and Williams is healthy, then I probably would prefer Mark, but I just feel like at least one of those two things is not going to be the case. What if you are over full for March 11th? Yeah, tomorrow's a 10-gamer. Do you drop guys from March 11th to stream for the 10th and the 12th to get two quality day streams or hold all three moves for Sunday to see stats needed? I would make the move. I would make the move because you can add multiple games played that way. Make the move. Big Doug in the house. That's right. Richard is rooting for the Niners. Brew roots for the Niners, too. David says, Roto's better than head-to-head. I'm sick of load management and random injuries. You and me both, buddy. Would you drop Mark Williams for Nick Rich? Oh, we did this one. Yes, by the way. Which two would you pick to stream for the next two weeks of your playoffs? Jeremy Sohan, Charles Bassey, Dante DiVincenzo, and Jalen Duran. Next two weeks. Good Lord, I don't think I've looked that far ahead. Uh, Let's see here. The Spurs... They have a four-gamer and another four-gamer, so that's two of the names up there are Spurs. Um, Sohan probably going to rest their back-to-backs, so I would think that he maybe only plays in six of their eight games. Bassey probably plays in all eight. Dante DiVincenzo is... I think the Warriors... Don't the Warriors have a three-gamer one of those two weeks, or is its is it four for both? Yeah, they go three and then four... And then Jalen Duran goes four and four. But does he sit the back-to-back? I think probably. So I probably go Charles Bassey, believe it or not. Because I think he probably plays in all eight of their games. And then DiVincenzo, seven. Is that better than Duran and Sohan going six? It really depends on Andrew Wiggins coming back. We have not heard anything about Wiggins coming back. So I'll go DiVincenzo and Bassey in that list for head-to-head. Would you drop Mark Williams for Xavier Tillman in Roto? Yeah, I think I would. There just sort of isn't another option in Memphis right now, so I'll go Tillman. Devin Vassell moving forward. Um, So to me, he's good enough where six games over the next two weeks is actually enough. Um, So he's an add and a hold. His his per-game ability puts him above the threshold. Now, if you get down to like a two-game week or a three-gamer with a back-to-back or something like that, do the Spurs have that? I'll check. They don't. All of their back-to-backs come in four-game weeks, so uh, Vassell is an ad and a hold. WTF is Wembunyama. <laughs> That's hilarious. By the way, it just started pouring here, which is probably why my internet's going crazy. Uh, Victor Wembunyama is the likely first pick in next year's reality draft. Josh Okogie or Harrison Barnes to start next week as they both have three out of four Monday through Thursday. I'll go Okogie there. Barnes is just not fun. Does it look bad for Jalen Brunson? I need him healthy for this playoff run. Honestly, I did not watch that game live yesterday, but he re-aggravated an an existing injury. The Knicks have a Lakers-Clippers back-to-back, and then they have a two-game week. I would be concerned that he doesn't play until the week after that, or at least maybe the end of next week, that game they host Denver when they get back home. I'd be worried Jalen Brunson misses the rest of the Knicks road trip. Because uh, the Knicks are in pretty good standing right now. They're kind of in their own little pocket in the Eastern Conference where they're three games back of the uh, Cavs. They're game up on the Nets, so they could flip 5-6. But they're a solid three and a half games up on the play in. And I think they know at this point that they need to get Brunson fully healthy or their playoffs are going to end. Post-haste, they're not very good without Jalen Brunson is what I'm saying if that wasn't entirely clear. Uh, all right, what do we got next on the question board? I have KD, Cam, Holiday, M. Will, and been dominating my 14-teamer. All of them got injured, missed games this week. I now hate 9-cat because I'm losing first round. It's not that you hate 9-cat, buddy. It's that you hate head to have playoff leagues. I've been one or two all year. So your league, you probably need to have first and second place payouts during the regular season uh, in addition to the bye week. Because the playoffs are too crazy, or you just switch to Roto. Just come on over. Hey, Dan and Brew, thoughts on Kyle Lowry and Robert Williams rest of season head to head. I would not trust Kyle Lowry as far as I can chuck him. Um Time Lord, he'll be back and he'll play in non-back-to-backs, I would assume. Uh he's on their road trip, but you know, what the hell does that mean? Their road trip is is goes all the way through the twenty-first of March. It's an eleven-day 10-day, 11-day road trip with six games on it. So the fact that he's on the trip is like, well, that gives us basically a two-week window where he could show back up. Once he does, I would assume he plays decent minutes in the non-back-to-backs, but you know, you're know, you not going to pick him up in advance of that as I think the internet continues to glitch out. I'm very sorry, folks. This is the power of rain in Los Angeles who should I target for threes, points, and steals in Week 21? G, I'm sorry, dude. That That's way too hard of a question. There are way too many players out there. Look for someone who has a four-game week that isn't going to sit back-to-backs and just start there and just start sorting your free agents accordingly. John Collins is on my waivers. He's tempting to pick up. Should I for rest of season? 12-team points league. No. Um, he's more of a streaming-level guy right now, and the Hawks after today and tomorrow go into a bad scheduling stretch. If you wanted to pick him up today through Monday, that would be fine, but be ready to get off of Collins and any other fringy Hawks on Tuesday because then they don't play for three days. Not good for head-to-head. Neil says IL Plus for the win. Yeah, IL Plus is a really big deal because then you don't have to worry for the full injured list tag. But most Yahoo head-to-head leagues don't have it. Their public ones don't, and I don't think either of the ones that I'm in do, although I might change that I'm a commissioner of one of those two for next year because like right now for me Jordan Clarkson in my 11 category league he's I had to drop him uh because he's like playing once out of every three games so he never got an injured tag and he's just constantly out Darius Garland game time call Mark Williams game time call Spencer Dinwiddie game time call Brandon Ingram game time call Boyan Bogdanovich was a game time call Jordan Clarkson was a game time call how many names did I just read off six I had six names and only one of those guys got the IL tag. So to the person on Twitter who was like, put them on IL, if you have depth, you're fine. There are literally more players on my team that are game time calls and are missing games actively than moves I have in a week to drop them all. And I've already dropped a couple. Who would you add first, Malik Monk or Josh Okogi for week 21? Uh, I like Okogi. better 9-cat player, but if you're targeting points... And threes in particular, that's where you would lean Monk. Um, the nice thing about a Kogi is that his back-to-back is Monday, Tuesday, um, where for Monk, the back-to-back is Wednesday, Thursday. Um, so you could even switch it up part way if you really wanted to. Thoughts on Jabari Smith's recent play. Is he must roster? No, I don't think he's must roster. I mean, there's a hope that maybe he's starting to turn a little bit of a corner. If you've held him the entire year, you keep holding. If he's on a waiver wire, you certainly give a strong look at him. Um, Houston plays every other day, starting basically last Sunday uh, until this next Sunday. They start a stretch where they go three and four. So there's like there's a couple spots in there where you could pick up a rocket towards the end of next week. But you know, other than that, I don't I don't think that I would. Who would you add for defensive stats next two matches? Josh Richardson or Nick Richards? Nick Richards. Corey Joseph rest of season head to head ugh yeah I mean he's a he's a possible play not rest of season but Detroit does go Monday Tuesday Thursday to start next week so you could probably get like a a pretty competent 70 plus minutes out of him over those three games maybe more uh but then no way because after that Detroit plays three games over 10 days and uh that is an unacceptably low number of games for someone who is Corey Joseph. Peter asks, Garland, a game time call. I have one ad left. Should I use it on KCP if Garland is ruled out? Oh, man. No, no. I don't don't think you can punt on Garland um, because he'll probably play on Sunday. um, So you'd only be gaining one game here. Uh, Now, if Garland misses Sunday also, then you probably do it. Um, but I don't think that I would punt on him. He's, he's too good. He's too too high up the board. What team should be looking to long stream for 21? Well, we did that during our long stream discussion, didn't we? First and second place pre-playoff payouts are a great addition to any league. Yeah, I think you kind of have to do that now. And also, as I said with Brew, it discourages punting because you have to be, to get into those top two seeds, you need to be better at more categories or win every single week, I guess. Matisse Theibel? just asking, (laughs) just asking, Uh, he's a schedule play right now, Um, Portland doesn't have a great schedule here coming up, if you wanted to play him over the weekend here, like if you had an injured player, you could pick him up today, Sunday, Um, or he could be a Sunday grab, but not really somebody I'm targeting right now, want to thank you for answering my questions, and I love the channel, thanks man, yeah, everybody drop a like and subscription on this thing, even the recorded folks get to listen to this part today. Thank you to everybody that continues to hit thumbs up and subscribe to our blossoming YouTube page. I'm facing Tyrese Halliburton and Anthony Davis next week. I'm low-key, super scared. Doesn't sound like it's low-key. Low I think it's regular key. Do you think they'll keep this production up? Halliburton and AD? Yes, I do. That's trouble. That team is a good team. And well-rounded, too. I would say try to attack categories where they're left vulnerable, but that combination leaves them vulnerable in, like, points and threes, and that's kind of it. Last couple chances here to get questions in the chat room, everybody. I can see a few new folks just joined us on YouTube, so please like and subscribe and throw some questions in the chat because we are approaching the end of the chat, and at that point, I'm going to go do something else for next week. Would you drop Rogier for a guy like Trey Jones, Tim Hardaway Jr., or Victor Oladipo? Not Trey Jones, because I think he only plays three of their games next week. Uh, Dallas has a three game week, so no. I'm not dropping Rogier for a three game Tim Hardaway stream either. Who was the last name? Victor Oladipo. They do have four games, but it's backloaded a little bit. Um, so my answer is no, actually, to all three of those. What you could do if you really wanted to, because the schedule for Charlotte is terrible, that extends all the way into the middle of the following week. Um, if you were going to look at like an uh, Ola Depot for the whole week, you do get a two-game bump there. Um, who were the other players we just talked about? How did I forget already? I got to go back over. Timmy, Tim Hardaway, Dallas. Um, there are three games for the entire week, but then it does get a little bit better, the one after that. And then with the Spurs, you know, with Trey Jones missing back-to-backs, I don't, I don't think that I would do it. I think I, Rozier, to me, is a guy that's probably going to be good enough in head-to-head where you try to hold him through this kind of tough stretch. But he and Oubre are probably the only Hornets I hold on to through their two-game week. Other guys, you, yeah, you move on and you probably let it stretch longer. Do you think Kevin Durant plays again this season? Yeah, I think he plays a game the very last week. Josh Ingalls or, or excuse me, Joe Ingalls or Josh Okogi next week? I'll go Okogi. Um, I think the Bucks are fully healthy by next week, and we saw Okogi was pretty good actually when KD was out. So that's Okogi to me. And believe it or not, that actually gets us to the end of the questions in the chat room. We lightning round our way through. Big thank you to Aaron Bruski for jumping on today. Please like and subscribe again. If you're listening over on the recorded side, please drop a five-star review on the podcast if you guys have been enjoying what we're doing over here at Sports Ethos. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Baspris. Follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Brewski. Go get a fantasy pass for one month. It's only five ninety nine dollars at SportsEthos.com. Click on the Premium tab. Choose Get Premium. Uh, what am I forgetting? I'm sure I'm forgetting something. You know, I'll... Uh, uh, whatever's going on, I'll try to get it out on social media to the best of my ability. Again, that is at Dan Vespers, trying to do a lot of work over there on Twitter. Thank you again to everybody that has joined us for all of these shows, so well-trafficked these days. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. We will lightning round it a little bit on Monday, and then we'll, of course, look at a long streaming as well. John's getting a sandwich for lunch. We'll do the same. So long for now, everybody.